Hey, everybody, it's Richard Harris and Scott Lease with a special edition, our 200th podcast for Surf and Sales uh, that we've done in a year. So we've done 200 of these episodes, um, nearly breaking our neck and just about everything else in our relationships with our family and wives in particular to make this happen. And so we want to do a special recap of uh, 2020 and sort of the episodes we thought were the most interesting for you um, and certainly to us. Um, in addition to that, we need to give a quick shout out to our sponsors of Lead411, Gong.io, and Vidyard for December, as well as all of our other sponsors throughout the year, uh, which was Findem and, gosh, who else did we have? Uh, Perception Predict did some stuff. Um, we've also got some great sponsors coming on in 2021. So anyway, thank you to all those people. So I'm going to let Scott go first. I'll probably go on mute and we're going to see how many times Scott has to tell me I'm on mute today in this particular episode. It should, it should be less than normal since it's just the two of us. Right. What's the over under two times? Uh, no, 1.5. You, 1. you okay. don't gamble because you don't set the line at a flat whole number like that. All right. Always make it a half. Right. All right. So, from the degenerate gambler in the group. Uh, of all the years to do 200 podcast episodes, we chose 2020. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, all the benefits of it. It certainly kept us busy, Richard, and, and gave us not only something to do, but uh, something to focus on, you know, just like having all these interesting conversations with all these super smart people, putting it out there, sharing them, you know, with the world, um, you know, doing our best to, uh, you know, get more downloads and attract, um, you know, more and more guests and just make the podcast more and more visible and drive towards being able to, you know, even have sponsors. We didn't have sponsors when we first, you know, started and that kind of thing. Um, so out of the 200 episodes, there's a couple of questions that I, I want to ask you, Richard. The first one would be, what would you say to people who are thinking about starting a podcast that they maybe haven't thought of yet? And, and the second, and the second thing would be what's maybe like the two or three most memorable episodes for you. Um, so the first thing is um, don't start a podcast. Cause I don't want to compete against anybody. That's, that's my first thought. It's really hard work. Oh my God. It's no, um, that's the opposite one. Uh, these are the things one, it doesn't need to be overproduced. Um, and that part of that, I think is sort of the surf and sales motif in general, but it also comes back to, I don't think you have to have the intro and outro music. You don't have to go and edit stuff out and all those kinds of things. Um, you just sort of, go for it, right? Like Scott has this theory of good enough and go. Well, these are all good enough, let's just go. And this also prevented us from spending too much time on them. We would never have been able to do this with uh, editing in any way, shape or form. So we think that's part of it. Um, I like the idea of the partner thing that you and I've done because it makes it easier for us to communicate and give us both time to pause and think about what the next question should be or where we wanna take the conversation. So I think that's an interesting piece. I also would, I don't know that I would encourage anybody to go do 200 episodes. That was a lot and probably in hindsight too much. Um, that's, a that's a lot. Yeah, um, it didn't affect our business. Um, it, we definitely had to reschedule with people. Everybody has been super flexible. I think of 200, we've had one 
person get a little bit annoyed with the number of times we had to reschedule and it's fair to them like it was on us that we did have to reschedule so i can't say that that they're wrong in any way shape or form and we are going to have her in 2021 i'm looking forward to it um what are the other things um we didn't go into this with a lot of strategy so we didn't say okay we're going to go in and have this many VPs or this many directors or this many ICs or, you know, or focus on things we didn't. I think one of our, our biggest, I don't know if it's a regret, but I think we waited longer than we should have regarding, um, regarding uh, diversity. I don't think we did enough around diversity until after everything started to hit in, in May and June and July. Um, and I'm glad we attacked it and I'm glad we challenged ourselves to go after that. But I wish we'd have been a little bit more thoughtful about that sooner. Um, I think we've certainly have been ever since, but um, that's probably the one thing I wish maybe we'd have thought through a little bit. But I'll 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 pause there and get your response, and then maybe we can go into a couple of our favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I thought of when you said it didn't affect our business is, yes, it did. It affected our business in a, in a positive. Yeah. I didn't mean that. Yeah. I meant in a negative way. Like it didn't yeah. hurt us. Yeah. It, cer it certainly didn't hurt us, which is interesting because, you know, we, we were only able to hold one surf and sales summit this year. So, and that generates a good amount of, of revenue for, for us. Um, and we were going to do three. So you take away that revenue, um, but then you bake in the revenue that we were able to generate through sponsorships. And I don't know about you, but I got business through the surf and sales podcast. I, I it generated leads for me in various parts of my, my business uh, that turned into closed deals. Um, and, you know, I don't know how often who people who run a podcast talk about, that type of ROI. I don't even know if that's why people get into it, but I think it's worth mentioning, uh, you know, because it is part of the equation um, and it does have, it does have benefit. Right. So when, when Janet and Kathy are like, man, why are you guys spending, you know, 250 hours this year on basically talking to each other on zoom <laughs> and having conversations with strangers rather than doing whatever else? Well, you know, it generated leads, it generated revenue. Um, so it did affect our business and affect it in a positive way, I think. Like I was able to say, yeah, but you spend 250 hours a year talking to all your friends and you're not generating any money. <laughs> well, I, I, I dare you to say that to her. Yeah, exactly. That, that, I, I don't think, fortunately, Kathy doesn't listen to my podcast that often. At least I don't know. She's never said she has. So. That's pretty good. But, uh, two, but 200 is a, is a massive lift. The rescheduling thing was a big deal. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. we both had to reschedule yeah. countless times, but the guests had to reschedule a lot as well. Yeah, um, it goes both ways. Yeah, but you're right. Just, you know, we never would have been able to do this if we're, you know, cutting intros and outros and doing like little snippet videos all over the place to, you know, see yeah. the release of each episode and all that. Like, no, yeah. we're not, you know, that I think that that, I think a lot of people can get caught up in just the, the frills of everything the packaging mm -hmm. if you will right right well what matters to me is the the actual like good that you're delivering the goods if if, if you will like the the conversations were interesting hopefully for for people they were to me i got a lot of value out of them and i and i hope the audience did as well yeah. 
how it looked coming in and out. I don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, our audience didn't care that much. I don't think that they did. And I hope people who are considering starting a podcast recognize that it doesn't have to be overproduced at all. Yeah. I, w- I would say the other thing to think about, and, and we've talked about this too, is that, you know, whatever you do, it's an asset, right? So we do this podcast. We also record the video. We release it on a YouTube channel. We do nothing to promote the YouTube channel, to be honest with you. So it could be something to look at, but again, we don't like to put a lot of effort into things, but there's also no reason that in 200 episodes, I bet we could find three to four at minimum blog posts, right? So now all of a sudden I have this asset. I've got, I'm willing to bet we could take two or three of these episodes and turn them into an ebook if they were based on the same subject. Right. We could cut and paste, you know, certain audio and video clips of like, here's what these 10 people said about this one question. Right. Like there's so much you can do from an asset perspective. And there's only so much you, Scott and I can do from a, a time perspective. We've been super yeah. fortunate that some folks have joined us behind the scenes to support us. Uh, Travis King, if you don't follow Travis, you should follow him in Community Builder. He does a lot of this stuff. He talks a lot about sales, great energy. Um my VA behind me, Carrie, um, also does a ton of stuff to help us on the scheduling side and just sort of organizing our bonfire sessions so we can get that stuff done. So it is not all on us, and we certainly appreciate all their help. It does um, illustrate the the need, if you will, uh, for somebody to, to potentially manage this kind of thing full time Yes, on, on your behalf. Like all these assets that you're talking about. I mean, if we had if we had hired somebody to do all this kind of stuff for us, like I, we could be cranking stuff out, you know? Um, and it, I, I, I have felt bad about that at, at, at times. Um, you know, you look at other people's podcasts and the content they produce and they got all these things coming out. But then I remember, Oh, they have a fucking team. They got, they got a couple people doing all that kind of thing. And, and we don't, we're, we're squeezing this in, you know, in between everything else that we're, uh, we're juggling. So yeah, I, totally I, don't, I don't beat myself up on it uh, too bad. So, so what are what are what are a couple of the most memorable episodes, Richard? Well, I think the the first four that we did were really fun, which was mastering sales enablement, interviewing skills for everyone, um, which I've actually turned into an ebook, origin story, and negotiating salary. Those were really fun just because it was the first time we were doing it. And we were like, well, I wonder if we have anything important to say or anything interesting to say. And uh, I think we got off those and we were like oh, this is good. Like, this is actually pretty cool. Like, we should see where this takes us. Um, So I think those four were really good. Early on, I would say um, Sarah Drake's was really a lot of fun. Um, You know, if you don't know Sarah at Gong, by all means, you need to follow her. She's got great content, Uh, was recently promoted from SDR to AE. So she's, if you're in that realm of your career, uh, she puts a lot of content out about supporting that. I think we had, um, I think Beck Holland was also a really fun one for us, right? Where um, we talked about how the lead scoring is completely wrong. And I thought that was a really fun one, uh, which is episode 13. Just people want to go find them. Sarah Drake's was episode five. So I'll, I'll, those were the first couple of them. What, what about you? Yeah, I was also going to mention, and we have not talked about this ahead of time, just so uh, the audience is aware. So this is not planned at all, but certainly amongst the first couple dozen um beck's 
at episode number 13 really stood out to me, Beck Holland. Um, it was just super, super tactical. And I just remember thinking, God, I hope everybody who's running a sales org, you know, uh, listens to this and, and is ready to implement. Um, so that, that one stood out quite a bit. Um, the, you know, the other one that stood out to me just because it was so unique and, and, and different and bizarre was uh, episode 60, which was Team USA versus Team UK in the, uh, what did we call it? The transatlantic takedown, I thought is what we called it. Um, which, you know, wasn't the traditional podcast whatsoever, but it was a half dozen US sales leaders against a half dozen or so UK sales leaders. And there was like 1500 people or something like that who registered for the, for the, uh, for the event. And questions were coming from our friend Daryl at, at uh, Vanilla Soft. So that was very memorable because I think that was like March or April, kind of early in the in the lockdown phase of everything. And it just felt like provided some, uh, you know, some fun relief, if you will, to uh, to a lot of folks, including you and I. Um, and then the last one that, that I I have to mention is is number 70. And that was the episode with Amy Volos. And that just for me on a personal level, um, you know, led to Amy and I developing a, a friendship and a business relationship um, and me bringing her into, uh, into Thursday night sales. Um, so that, that, those are a couple of the ones that really stand out towards the front end of the year uh, to me. Yeah, I'm calling, I'm pulling myself off mute so I don't work uh, so I don't get railed by Scott. But um, I agree with all those. I was at actually unfortunately not able to do Amy's, um, which mean I missed out on Thursday night sales. So um, you, know, you know, but that's a whole other topic. Um, but I'm glad that that one went off well. It was a really fun episode where she talks about um, how um, your resume is your superpower kind of thing in, in terms of. Um, finding the right job and how to present yourself in those ways. There were a couple more I liked early on too, um, which was episode 15, which was Kevin Dorsey, which is interesting because we did actually, we did that one in January last yeah. year. And it was the one about being the yeah. only. And so we did talk a little bit about race and diversity um, before it became such a big topic. But I, you know, I think we could have doubled down on that sooner. But he really went into some great storytelling. I remember there's a couple of stories that that he said. The one that struck me the most was, you know, imagine as a as a as a white person going on to the campus of like a Howard University, right? Like a, tr a traditional uh, Black African American college, and you probably might feel a little different, right? And he's like, that's what it's like when I walk out the door every day, right? Not intentionally, it just sort of happens that way. Um, and that really struck a yeah. chord with me and sort of understanding what I don't understand. So a good, that was, that was a, a, really good, good a good episode to piggyback on that was, uh, was episode 104 with Blake Hudson. And, you know, if you don't know Blake, he's a, a sales leader from Victory Lap, lives out in Chicago. Um, young guy. And he just spoke like really eloquently about everything going on. Um, and I was really glad that we, that we, that we brought him on and, and he was at like the top of his game, you know? Um, I want to say one thing about, you know, the 
diversity, if you will, whether this is gender diversity, uh, sexual orientation diversity, racial diversity, you know, we did not start the podcast moving with intentionality with, with that diversity in mind, you know, which shame on, shame on us. Um, but not that we didn't have diverse folks coming on, but it just wasn't like so top of mind. Um, but, you know, I don't remember the exact date, but, uh, you know, when, when shit just like really, really hit the fan, um, I, I, I remember reaching out to you saying, I'm going to do something different here. Right. And we booked like, I think we booked like 30 or 40 episodes in a row. They didn't necessarily get released in that order just because of people's schedules, but like 30 or 40 people in a row, all women, all people of color. Right. Um, and so we, we made up some ground and, and our end of year stats are going to be something like, you know, 60, 40, 65, 35, somewhere in that range in terms of, yep. you know, traditional like white male versus diverse guests. Um, is that spectacular? No, that's not spectacular. But, uh, you know, I, I think that we are headed in the right direction with it. And I, I want I want to make sure that we continue to, to do our, our show with intentionality like that. And, uh, you know, kudos to, to you as well, Richard, for, for kind of having the idea to, to run the stats, you know, and put them and put them out there and not hide behind it and just kind of own what we're up to. So that, that's something that I'm, I'm proud of in terms of our efforts this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that solution. We, you know, I even did a, a separate episode, um, which I think was, uh, well, sort of like one eight seventeen and a half. It's between one seventeen and one eighteen. called is the American judicial system rigged where I talked to a good friend of mine who's a public defender and has been one for 30 years here in California. And so he talked about, you know, all these things that are happening and what it's like that oftentimes, you know, the only minority, you know, in the courtroom is often the defendant. And one, why is that? And two, what does that do for jury pools? And he actually has written some legislation that got signed by the governor of California that, um, and there are other states who are doing this, that for jury pools, um, you're now gonna be pulled off your tax return because that has your most recent address as opposed to a driver's license, right? Which you only have to renew every five years. So you could move how many times in five years. And uh, particularly for, for those who are more economically challenged, which oftentimes is, is someone of a minority background, means you're not getting as diverse a jury pool. Is it a, the only solution? No, of course it's not. But that's the kind of stuff that has to happen, right? Um, and you know, there's this whole thing around qualified immunity, which is why all these cops um, oftentimes are not prosecuted, not even prosecuted, um, or or found not guilty, is because in the the law has been interpreted in such a way that that you couldn't charge them with something because there's no other precedence for charging someone that way, which is kind of weird, but that's literally my understanding. Someone should correct me on this about how even the U S Supreme court has talked about it. And so actually last week, maybe yeah, last week, cause I, I sent it over to our friend Morgan, 
um, that the Supreme Court actually has looked at a couple of cases where it may actually get reversed, right, and trying to hold people accountable. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But um, you know, it's sad that we have to have had the tragedy we've had to have these conversations. Um, but I'm certainly glad I'm open to having these conversations and hopefully trying to share a little bit more knowledge with people. I don't, I don't know that I'm always going to be right, but you know, it's about sharing the knowledge. So yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a different topic of sharing the knowledge, you know, one episode that just hit me right now is uh, the episode that we did with Colin Cadmus and Sam Jacobs, where we yeah. just talked about stock options. Um, that episode, probably more than any other, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner, continues to get messages, you know, sent my way. You know, yep. thanks for having this conversation. I just watched the stock option thing. Uh, you know, damn, it was super informative. And it just strikes me like how little people actually know about stock options, even even still, you know, to this day. Uh, and I know we've talked about, you know, maybe doing a, a part two uh, to that to that episode. Yep. Uh, and, and, and webinar and, and, you know, it's even kind of generated some ideas for us as we move into to next year. Um, you know, what other things, what other business acumen, if you will, is there that people don't know anything about and, yep. and all the acronyms of like CAC and LTV and the magic number and all these kind of things like, man, so many people don't know what those are. And a lot of people don't, don't know what they are who by now should know what they are based on the, the role that they're in. So yep. what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you, where do you think we need to go in 2021 with the podcast, Richard? So, what, are, what are the so people that we're missing? What are the subjects that we need to tackle and take on? Yeah, there's a couple of them. So one is um, we, and we've started tackling it, but I think we need to go deeper is the CRO role. Like we've been talking about, like, what is this role and what does it really mean? Um, and what are the things you need to know in order to be a CRO? And should it come from a, C, a CMO, a marketing background or a sales background? Um, you know, we know the answer is it depends, but we want to try and give, you know, um, credence to both sides of that discussion. So I think that's a huge one that's happening. Um, I also think that career path and growth will be interesting, um, particularly as salespeople, SDRs and BDRs move into sales. Um, I think continually talking about how to interview for different roles is really important, right? If I'm a SDR, BDR leader, manager, but I want to go be a, a VP of sales, well, how do I get there? How do I answer the one question, which is, hey, you've been great at this leadership level, but you know, you've never closed, right? How do you do that in a business appropriate way, particularly to someone who actually was never a BDR, SDR, so they don't even understand it. They, they hired you often because they're like, I don't know how to do this. You go do it. Right. And so their their willingness to admit some level of naivety around the topic, um, but then their bias that comes with looking at that role. So I think those will be an interesting one. Um, I think the VC piece is going to be continuing. We've talked to a couple of different VCs along the way, which have been really, really fun. Uh, we spoke to Doug Landis at Emergence. Um, who else did we talk to recently? Um, you know, we talked to the guys. We talked to the guys over at Bowery, Evan. Bowery Capital, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've talked to a couple of VCs. I'd like to keep those conversations going. Um, we also talked to. Um, oh, good lord! Everybody knows him from HubSpot. Um, 
Mark Roberge. Yeah, Mark Roberge, um, who's I think has been was a lot of fun. So those are the really fun ones that I really enjoyed. What were some of the funniest ones that you thought of? What were the ones where you sit back and you go, oh, that was hilarious or that was unexpected? <laughs> uh, well, I can remember you and Brandon getting into it. That's the first thing that, yeah. that comes to mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're talking about Brandon Bornis and just so everybody knows. And he's a good guy. Like he, he let me rail on him, but he and he knows this about himself. He can talk too much about himself in the wrong way. Um, and uh, episode, he's successful. Like I can't, cr- yeah. I can't say he's not a successful guy. It's just yep. a different style. That's episode thirty-four for anybody who wants to check out Richard. Yeah, I thought I thought that one was a really funny one. Um, what else? <laughs> what else do you find humorous? Humorous? I don't know, man. I don't know if it, humorous is the right word. I mean, surprising. I mean, I certainly was surprised when you interviewed my family, which yeah. was super touching, um, yeah. and still slightly embarrassing. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know about humorous. Um, I do. My favorite episode of the year was that one. Um, yeah. Just to, you know, getting, because I, I didn't really know your parents or your brother. And so it gave me a chance to get to know them in a different way. Um, and so that one was one of my favorites for sure. Um, yeah, the I, other I, one, I, go ahead. No, oh, just, <laughs> at least I'm not the, on mute. That's the funniest episode right now. We're yeah. just talking over each other. Um, I, I think there was, you know, fun moments in uh, in most of the episodes, but the the best. Here's how you know whether you've got, you've hosted a good show, I think, um, and and had a good guest. How fast did the time fly by? Yeah, that's cool. my number one. My number one barometer was, holy shit! I got we got to wrap this up already. How did that happen? That was my yeah. number one barometer, whether this was going to be a good episode. Yeah. Uh, I'll be a little selfish. I thought one of my favorite episodes, too, was episode 123, where we interviewed my son, who's a sixth grader, because he started his epi- he started a small business of called Reading Buddy. During the pandemic, he wanted to make some money, but also help people. And so uh, he created this, you know, readingbuddy.co, and you can still go there and register if you want someone to read to your kid for 15 minutes, and it's like three bucks, four bucks. Um, we, uh, he takes all that money and, and donates it to a charity. And then, you know, Kathy and I support him on the back end with, with rewards so that it's trying to teach him both sides, but yes, he should be rewarded, but he should also find a way to give back to other people. And, and he really enjoyed that episode. That one was pretty funny. Um, that was, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. What, so here's my most surprising thing, right? Cause we do, you know, we track things in terms of popularity it was there were oftentimes to Scott's point you get to the end you're like holy shit we're we're out of time and uh but then there are ones where we're you know it feels like we're dragging our feet a little bit right where we're like oh my gosh this is going longer than we need or it's a little painful or whatever and uh and then those turn to be some of the most most downloaded episodes yeah i don't want to name i don't want to name names in this particular area but like there was one week and and you know if you follow the the show we reach a bunch we release a bunch of episodes typically at once so there was one week where there was like a couple powerhouses and a couple people that I had never known before, met before. And I didn't feel very great about how those episodes went. And those episodes like dominated the people who are more well-known. So it just goes to show that we, Richard, 
can't predict which episodes are going to be, you know, quote unquote successful uh, or, or, or not, you know. I completely um, agree. I completely agree. Now, now, when, now what, what we really need to figure out and everybody is waiting on with bated breath, I know, is, is when is the Surf and Sales Summit coming back? And, and how many of them are there going to be? And how many episodes will we record of the podcast while we're in some Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Mexico type destination? Well, go ahead and answer your own question. I can't. Oh. I can't. You can't I wish, or you won't? I, I, I wish I could answer it, but I, we, I just really don't know. It's driving me, it's driving me nuts, though. Well, should we at least share the thoughts that we've had? Oh, sure. I mean, I think the thoughts that we had is literally relocating ourselves to Costa Rica for like a month straight and, and, host, and hosting four different surf and sales summits, one after the other. You know, group comes in on Monday, group is out on a Friday. We take a couple of days to relax. The next group comes in. Um, I don't, when we can do that, I don't know, you know, yeah. but, but I, I think that, I think that our schedules, uh, you know, are aligned to try to make that possible now. And I also think that we might be able to do a, a little wake surf and sales domestically, um, you know, kind of event. So hopefully, Hopefully things clear up uh, so we can, you know, get after what we love to do, which is, you know, some of the micro events. Um, I certainly miss them. Totally agree. So I think we can safely say we're targeting the latter half of the year next year, but certainly towards the summer and fall, uh, late summer, early fall kind of stuff. Um, What do you wish we had done differently? Anything? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I talked about it already, but I think I wish we would have been a little more intentional with diversity early on. Um, I think that we, I think that we could have maybe moved towards trying to get others involved uh, sooner, whether sponsors or getting a little bit of assistance. Um, I think that would is a little bit of a missed opportunity for us. Because um, I was the one who was uploading everything. So, <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's right. As in typical Scott fashion, Scott has the ability to collect people to do the shit he doesn't want to do. Um, and then he claims ignorance on, well, I don't know how to do that. I couldn't figure out how to upload something to YouTube. Or Ignorance, or ignorance is blessed sometimes, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's, here's, here's what else we need to do. To, I'm, I'm going to push us a little bit in 2021. Mm-hmm. We need to... Uh, we need to bag a few like whale guests. We, we need, we need to move up river a little bit and go after some, some people who upon first, first thought or first reaction, we might think, wow, they're a little bit out of our league. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying we need to do a hundred of those types, but I think, I think we need to push ourselves a couple of times and, and see what we can what, do. What kind of people would that be? I mean, you don't have to name names. I mean, we can name names. I don't care, but I didn't really, I mean, I, I'm on the same page, but. What kind of people are you thinking of? Are you thinking of unicorn CEOs and founders? Are you no, thinking- I'm thinking I'm thinking higher than that. I'm, I'm thinking, Publicly traded CEOs. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking people who are like have a name brand who are like a little bit well known for things that they've done in in business and uh, things like that. Tony Robbins. I don't know. That would he would count. 
he would definitely count Richard. So if anybody has a connection to Tony, let yeah. us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to, I'd love to have somebody like Benny Offong, right? Like, cause he. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Right. That direction, that direction, Richard, we, we right. can, we could shoot for the stars here, move that direction yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think there's a couple of them we could, we could certainly pull in um, from, from some different places. Um, was there anything that shocked you on the Surf and Sales podcast from any particular guest? I don't remember being shocked. I, some of the things that were the most shocking were when we had the audience involved. Yeah. Better than me. Oh, my God. Track seven. Chaos in my car. Yeah. Phone just went off. Radio just went off. The beauty of and no editing show yeah, it wouldn't be the great. last show of the year if great. chaos didn't reign supreme absolutely this is why uh, scott can't upload a, an episode anywhere that's right um but the, the shocking bits i think were, were when we had live episodes uh either webinars or bonfire sessions and the cr and the crowd and the attendees were asking questions and it's just shocking because well, some of the things that just feel automatic or like table stakes or common knowledge like people really don't know and so i think i i just i think i just was surprised to see consistently how many people don't know about xyz or how many people want to know more about this other thing um things that i have started to get bored by everybody else is still seeking information looking for answers with what about you agree with that statement too in fact sometimes like when i'm looking for something to write about i'm like what am i bored with because i bet there's somebody who's not bored by that like that's actually my instigator for writing a lot of things um i think that i think the most interesting one too were when when we had um uh dr howard dover from university of texas uh, uh, dallas and then, um, oh, what was Richard's last name? Um, another PhD from the University of Houston downtown. And I thought that was a really, really good one um, because we were talking to academia, right? Which we don't talk about a lot in sales and why there's no academia or why they're so far behind in terms of sales degrees and sales teaching and those kinds of things. So that one was, um, I don't know that I was surprised by it, but I was, I think I was shocked by it validated everything that you and I've known for years. Right. And, and not in a way of like, Hey, that's to my ego, but to like, okay, this, this, you know, this should be taught more. This should be an option for people. You should be able to get a degree in sales, just like you can marketing or finance or econ, right. Those kinds of things. Like, I don't know, like if I have a choice between a, a degree in econ and sales, I don't know what kind of job I'd get if I had a degree in econ. Well, they've got degrees for underwater basket weaving. They can find a way to get one for sales. Right. So, um, so those, those two were my, two of my sort of sleeper favorites, I think. Um, well, we gotta, I gotta, I gotta wrap this episode and grab the, grab the kid from practice, Richard, but um, yeah. it was a lot of fun, dude doing this uh this podcast this was a hundred percent richard's idea to start this podcast by the way not mine i can take zero credit for it i think i even resisted it 
uh, a little bit the year before. So appreciate yeah. you, buddy, for, uh, for pushing me and, and getting me out of my comfort zone and making the Surf and Sales podcast uh, a big success in 2020. Yeah, I, got, I got one more thing for us, and I know it's something we're going to try and double down on, Was and it was one of my favorite episodes, was 188 with uh, Andrew of the Detroit Tigers. Right. He runs ticket sales for the Detroit Tigers and talking to him about, well, how do you sell season tickets in a pandemic? Right. Like I can't imagine like there is no greater objection to overcome. And um, but it broke he broke it down. And then, you know, also talking about what it's like to sell in a professional sports environment and, and the differences, because they're, you know, just based on the way their business runs, they don't sort of see the the economies of all the technology that we have and those kinds of things so that was a really interesting episode and i think we're going to try and do more of those next year too i'm i'm, I'm all for breaking into professional sports yep absolutely so uh, scott's in charge of getting us in touch with the buffalo bills by the way so I'm working on it I'm yeah. working on it. Thanks, everybody. It's been a great year. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, obviously, a thanks to all our sponsors, particularly our December sponsors of Lead 411, Vidyard, and Gong.io. Um, and we look forward to seeing everybody in the new year. Yeah. Thanks for spending some time with us this year. Well, shit, I can't get to the stop button, but we'll leave that in because that's even funnier. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's better than the non mute. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. <laughs>